the countdown is on to July 4th. There's really very few races like Peachtree. It's just exciting being around that many people in one race. Let's get you ready to run. I'm excited to do the Peachtree every year. It's cool to see people just really into it. Helps me stay in shape and build friendships and work off stress. This is the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. It's the unofficial start of summer this Memorial Day weekend, but it's the official start of this season of the Peachtree Podcast here with Jay Holder of Atlanta Track Club. I'm Jennifer Perry. It is always great to be with you, and I know we say this every year, Jay, but it it kind of sneaks up on us. I mean, but (laughs) you've been working on uh, Peachtree plans for quite a while now. It really does sneak up on us, though, Jennifer. I mean, uh, every year, May hits, and it's like, oh, wow, we need to really start talking about Peachtree because we've been talking about it since July 5th here in the office, but now we need to start talking about it to the people who are gonna be participating. And and that's what we do here on the Peachtree Podcast. And I'm so excited to kick off another season, even if it did catch us off guard. um, (laughs) It just feels like the year has flown by so far. There's been so many events that we've had here at Atlanta Track Club that have just been so exciting and so fulfilling from the Publix Atlanta Marathon weekend to the Adidas Atlanta City Games earlier this month to our Wingfoot Night of Champions last week. Peachtree is the next big event. And we can actually look at a calendar now and say the next big event is Peachtree. And I'm excited. Yeah, exciting stuff always happening year-round here at Atlanta Track Club. But I think a lot of us, whether you are here locally or you've had this race on your bucket list for a while, maybe you're catching this season of the podcast for the very first time, everyone looks forward to this date, even though it's the middle of summer and it's really hot, and yes, it's hilly, but there's just something super special about this race. It's a uniquely Atlanta thing. I think it was uh, former Mayor Shirley Franklin who said this a couple of years ago. She said, the peach tree is special because it is Atlanta. There's nothing more Atlanta, and I say this, obviously, I, I, am, I am biased. I love the peach tree. I love what the peach tree means to the community. But even taking that hat off and, and looking to where it sits on the calendar and the range of Atlantans that come and take part in it, whether they're racing in the in the race, whether they're walking in the back, whether they're volunteering, whether they're cheering on the sides. This is a, an event that brings the entire city together like no other event does. Um, and I think that that's what's the most exciting thing about it for me is that we have almost 40 events and programs per year. And for the most part, those are events and programs for runners and walkers. And it's awesome. What a great community that is. But this is the one event that kind of reaches beyond those walls and brings in anybody who wants to celebrate. It's a, it's a race and it's a celebration in a way that no other event is. And we're going to tie all those worlds and all those different types of runners together here on episode one of this season of the Peachtree Podcast. We have a couple of special guests here. One who works with some of the newbies out there or people trying to improve their times on this Peachtree course. Another who's been very instrumental in helping design that elite field for this year and I think you have some breaking news for us you're going to share on this week's episode as well. We're going to break some news. We're going to tell you three of the contenders that are going to be taking part in the elite field. And at the front of the peach tree, there's a race. There's a true sporting competition. And it's one of the greatest foot races you'll find anywhere in the world because there's always great competition, deep competition, fast times, a big prize purse to chase. So if you're not in the race... I recommend getting out there early every year and just seeing the sport part of the event uh, where the pro athletes are racing for for big dollars and for big times and and battling out some of the best competitors they'll face anywhere on the planet. And this year is going to be pretty special. So Eric Heinz of Atlanta Track Club will join us here on the podcast today, as well as Coach Bob, Bob Wells, uh, who is the in-training coordinator for Atlanta Track Club. 
there's so much going on right now with that. They're already in progress training for this race. Hopefully our listeners are too. But I think this is a first since we've been doing the Peachtree podcast, Jay, for the first time this late in the season, registration is still open. So if someone's stumbling across this and thinking, I'd love to do this race, there's still a chance to do that. We've heard from people, hey, I, I wanted to do the Peachtree. I missed the registration window. You didn't. It's open until June 4th this year. Uh, we changed the way registration is done uh, as we get through the pandemic and we see sort of how the sport has changed, how people's habits have changed. We've decided we need to, to meet people where they are. And, and people don't necessarily want to make a decision about what they're doing on July 4th all the way back on March 5th. So we extended the window. Um, It's still a first come first serve basis. There's no more lottery. Uh, We're just saying get in early because this race is gonna fill up and members still have that guaranteed entry and at the guaranteed lowest price. But registration open until June 4th, unless we sell out before then. So get in now Uh, and after June 4th, really no options to get in the race unless you go the charity route, which we can talk about later in, in the season. It's all online for you, atlantatrackclub.org. And we hope you'll follow along with the Peachtree Podcast on your training runs as you're getting ready for Atlanta's July 4th tradition. Statistically, the world is losing color. All white kitchens, beige nurseries, gray cars. But in the destinations Delta flies to, there's still a vibrant world out there. And sometimes, opening your world is all it takes to open your mind. Delta proud to be the official airline of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. Jay, you walk into the Atlanta Track Club offices this time of year. First of all, it's, it's already busy six weeks out, but I always appreciate that your team members are willing to step up in whatever capacity they're called to step up in. And, and so that's the case for our first guest today here on the Peachtree Podcast. Yeah, Jennifer, let's not sugarcoat it. Eric Hines was not our first choice to be on the show today. <laughs> no offense, Eric. <laughs> no, we were supposed to have Rich Kanaan. Rich had to step out, as he sometimes does. And I thought, what a great opportunity for us to break news on the first episode of the Peachtree Podcast. So we have... Atlanta Track Club's Director of High Performance here, Eric Hines. And, and besides dealing with all of our training programs, making sure that they go off without a hitch, uh, working with our elite team and coordinating everything that, that involves our elite athletes here, Eric is also in charge of putting together the elite fields that you see at, at some of the races that Atlanta Track Club puts on. And the biggest one, of course, is the peach tree. Now, we don't announce the full elite fields until mid-June, but we do have some names that we can break today because... It, yeah, you know, to be honest, Eric, I'm too excited to keep this under wraps for too many more weeks. Yeah, this is going to be a remarkable year, Jay, and I'm fired up about bringing some of the best athletes of the world right here to the streets of Atlanta. We're going to talk about three big names that are coming that we can say are, and of course, let me preface this with, things change, this is a dynamic sport, and if we say someone is racing here on Friday, May 26th, that may not be the case on July 4th, but at this moment, this field is in place. Let's tease people a little bit. Let's wait a while before we announce the names. Before we get into that, Eric, what goes into putting a field together like this? When do you start and what kind of considerations are you making when you're reaching out to athletes and agents? Yeah, it's actually an interesting process in that I begin the conversations with some of the athlete representatives as far back as November, trying to put this front and center of their mind as they start to plan out their spring and summers. But some considerations include what is the international racing scene going to look like? World Athletics has its own calendar for the World Championships. There are other significant events whose dates can move around, such as the Ethiopian 10,000 meter trials, the Kenyan trials as well, and even the United States' uh, national outdoor Championships. 
relationships. So once those things are considered, it's all about what's the storyline that we can build? Who can we line up and what should people be able to look for? Last year, we did a great job lining up multiple world record holders to toe the line against each other. And we're hoping to do something similar this year. You mentioned the U.S. trials. When, when this list does come out, there may be a, an absence of U.S. names on the list. And that's because the U.S. championships are, are two days after Peachtree this year. That's correct. So if someone wants to make the world championships over 10,000 meters, they're going to be racing in Eugene just two days later. And no one can recover from Peachtree to go back and race competitively there. In previous years, we've hosted the U.S. 10K championships ourselves. They were not acting as trials. And last year, they had the 10,000 meter trials about a month before Peachtree. So we had a significant number of American athletes present. And the fortunate news is that in the United States and globally, there are no shortage of athletes whose focus, primary focus is the roads. That's correct. The road racing scene is quite vibrant and we're going to have some of the very best out there here with us in Atlanta. What is the allure of Peachtree for the athletes? Is this a race when you talk to athletes and agents that you find that athletes have heard about, are excited to do, have it on their list? What's the feedback you get when you approach a, an athlete about coming to Atlanta? Well, I think the hospitality of Atlanta Track Club is pretty legendary. And an athlete's overall experience from the time they get off the plane to get in the car and come out to Buckhead to spend a couple of days with us in preparations, you know, they're treated like royalty. So there's a lot of really positive energy just about the overall experience. And particularly, they often talk about the volunteers and how nice those volunteers are. So those things are, are really important. But you can't discount the prize money. You know, in years past, we've had some of the largest course record bonuses, some of the largest prize pools, and we have this international reputation of being a competitive race. And I think that's something a little bit different than other races that focus just on fast times. You know, you might line up aiming to run a personal best at other courses. Here in Atlanta, it's about that head-to-head competition. And many folks on the roads don't always get that experience. So it's really kind of cool to be on a tactical course in a competitive situation where times are not the only consideration. So you combine that with the hospitality and the generosity of the track club, the great crowds we often get on Peachtree Street, and then of course just the legendary history of the race being one of the oldest 10Ks in the world and one of the first to have actual proper professional fields in the 1970s. There's just a, a bunch of history here that people love. That's a challenge for you though because you could bring in you know one great incredible athlete on both the men's and the women's side and we'll talk about the wheelchair side a little bit later in, in the season but you need to bring in more than one because there needs to be competition and so sometimes that's hard I imagine to get athletes who want to go head-to-head -head with an athlete who, who might beat them. Yeah a lot of road races will do what's essentially a showcase or an exhibition with one athlete as the focal point the goal being a fast time or a record we want to have a competition and that means pulling athletes from different countries athletes from different training groups athletes from different sponsors to try to have them all come together to go head-to-head -head. and in fact I've had feedback from athlete representatives that the race is too competitive and I take that as a compliment as a badge of honor because we want to bring the best together to have really not only the world's largest 10k but the world's best 10k we had the world record holder last year here in the 5k Sinberry Teferi from from Ethiopia won the race after a performance like that and she you saw she gave it her all went down at the line had to be helped up I mean she was okay but she obviously put it all out, out there what is the feedback you get from an athlete after a race especially after a performance like that 
one gratitude for the opportunity to be able to compete against some of the best and for, of course for providing the support that we've provided but that pastry is difficult i mean this is not a walk in the park even though we kind of end with a walk at the park it is something that people look forward to and for her it was a way to challenge herself and to stretch herself you know in 2022 samberry teferi looked invincible and she proved it last year she was someone with a pedigree of success at the 5k but she went out and beat some of the best 10k runners in history you know last year she beat irene cheptai who's number 17 all time rosemary wanjiru who's number five all time and fancy chemutai number 12 all time and she took down the course record holder bridget kosge who was the world record holder in the marathon so here's someone who stretched herself from her comfort zone of competing in 5ks on the roads to take on the world's best over 10k before we get to the big reveal here i want to go back to something you just said you talked about bridget kosge the world record holder in the marathon she won peachtree just months before setting that world record in Chicago in, in 2019. Where does this race fall for and a lot of the names we see on this list are marathoners, really good marathoners, sub 220 marathoners. How does this race fit into a training plan for someone who's preparing for a fall marathon? Yeah, the typical person running Peachtree is just looking at it as it's the 4th of July. For an internationally competitive road racer, it's in a break between the two big marathon seasons. You have your spring marathon season that culminates with events like Boston and London. And in the fall marathon season, you have Berlin, Chicago, New York. And so July represents an opportunity for them to get back to their roots at the shorter distances when they're able to do some of the more speed work and less of the marathon specific work. So oftentimes we see some of the world's best marathoners. And again, without revealing names, we're likely to have somewhere around five racers who have personal bests under 220. That's amazing. Five years ago, there weren't five female marathoners on the planet that had run under 220. We've seen such a huge advancement in the technology and the speed of these racers. I said one last question, but I do want to ask, how have the shoes changed the course record progression, the speeds that we see at Peachtree? Yeah, I think that's interesting because we go back to the course records in 2019. This was on the front edge of the shoe revolution. So when those course records were set, we had one athlete who was wearing super shoes and one athlete who was wearing some version, maybe a preliminary version of a super shoe. So now we might see much deeper, more competitive fields. But throughout the pandemic, we didn't have the same number of athletes here competing. We had a year off with virtual competition. We had a U.S. championships that we hosted. I would imagine that we're likely to see far more female runners under 31 minutes this year and way more male runners under 28 minutes than any previous year we've had this race. So if you're a fan and you're not planning on running, make sure you're lining Peachtree to see history made possibly on July 4th. All right, let's let's talk about who's coming. And we talked about the defending champion, Sunbury Teferi. Important to bring her back. Is she coming back? She is coming back, and we are glad to have her with us. She's had a strong 2023 already. She had a very good half marathon, which is definitely at the top end of her range uh, earlier this year in New York. And then she had a second place finish as a result of a tactical error when she was in the Roads to Records race in Germany. So I'm expecting that she's going to be hungry to compete and really excited to defend her crown. I was at the finish line for that Roads to Records race, and I actually thought she had won. It was a go- 
go to the tape, let's look at the replay kind of moment. She gave up an inch and that was all it took, but she's obviously in great shape. She's not going to have it easy, as, as we've talked about. This is about building competition. We're also going to see Sheila Chepkariri on, this, on the start line. For those who are unfamiliar with her, give us her resume and, and why she's going to be someone to watch. Yeah, certainly I think we're going to find a very close finish as a result of the quality of athletes like Sheila and Senberry. Sheila is a remarkable athlete, and she has run over 10K, 29 minutes and 46 seconds. This makes her the fourth fastest woman all time in history over 10K on the roads. She's run under 65 minutes for the half marathon, and she's run 217 for the marathon. So this is an athlete who is known for producing fast times, but also being a great competitor. She won a half marathon and was second in 10K cross country in 2023 already. And in 2022, she was second at the Kenyan trials for 10,000 meters. So she still has her speed while she has developed her marathon strength. As someone who's been under 30 minutes four times in her career, you can expect her to be racing for that course record and racing for the victory. And that course record 30-22, of course, set by Bridget Kazge in, in 2019. One more name I want to bring up because she's on fire right now. The unexpected, maybe not unexpected, but certainly unexpected from a, from a media standpoint, winner of the 2022 TCS New York City Marathon. That's right. That's Sharon Locati. And we're super excited about her coming down to run the 10K with us. You know, she was an NCAA champion over 10,000 meters. That's a, an incredible accomplishment, but it's not necessarily a, a destiny towards international greatness. So her surprise victory this past November at the New York City Marathon has thrust her into the limelight and has made her one of the premier athletes in the world. So really excited to have her come here. And as a person who spends a lot of time in Flagstaff and does some training in Kenya as well. Atlanta's kind of halfway in between, and we'll see her coming down from altitude to uh, take on the hills here at Peachtree. That's our new slogan, Atlanta, right there in between Flagstaff and Kenya. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know that, that Sharon had to, to withdraw from the Boston Marathon in April due to a minor injury, but I've heard that she's back and looking strong, and, and she could be certainly in that front pack here at Peachtree on July 4th. There's so many other names on this list. I have the benefit of looking at your spreadsheet right now, and I just want to read them all off, but I'm not going to. There's one in particular that I'm really excited. World Marathon Majors winner a couple of times. We're not going to give it away, but this full list is going to come out at the end of June. We know that Sheila, Sinberry, Sharon are all coming, and those are just three of the names that we could very well have not mentioned the eventual winner yet. That's right. I think we're going to see at least three more athletes who are top 15 all time on the Road 10K list, which is a great thing to be doing. And we're going to see probably a finish like 2019 or in 2022, where it's going to come down to the last five meters or so as people cross the line together. So set your DVRs if you're running the race for July 4th. Eric Hines is the director of high performance at Atlanta Track Club and putting together maybe the best, at least women's field. We'll talk about the men's field later in the season, but women's field in the history of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Jay, as uh, Eric was leaving the room, his phone dinged, and I think he got another notification of yet another elite runner that's going to be joining at the starting line on July 4th. 
You mentioned we're going to get the full list soon, right? How can you get it? We're going to put out a press release, social media, end of June, probably maybe around June. I don't have a date, but it's usually around June 20th we announce the elite field. And as I said, it will change and there will be names added and names subtracted due to injuries or, or things like that. But uh, it's looking on paper to be one of the best fields I've, I've ever seen here. And that ding was the confirmation of the name we sort of teased. So um, pretty excited about that one. And then Eric, I saw Eric walk by the window right after to go out for his own run. So he's, he's clearly motivated by clearly. talking to all these elite athletes. <laughs> and we'll share some training tips from him throughout the course of this season of the Peachtree Podcast. Uh, you had an interesting question for him, though, about uh, the development of super shoes and the evolution of this and how that's improved race time. Uh, for people who might be just starting out this is often kind of a starting race for a lot of peach tree runners talk about the shoes because you've actually you've seen the adidas designs obviously with the peach tree shoe and I mean, for average runners, can that make a difference for us too? It does make a difference. The super shoes, and, and, and I am partial to the Adios Pro 3, which won half of the world marathon majors in 2022-2023. They do make you faster because they are more responsive to the roads, um, and you're absorbing less of the impact. That's the big thing. You can recover a lot faster. Your legs aren't taking a beating, so you're fresher at the end of the race. But they make a difference for anybody who puts them on. I would not recommend training in them. I would, I would also not recommend running a race in them and not have ever run in them before. Right. So if you're going to use them and they're not cheap. So if you're going to, if you're going to get them, try them on for a couple of workouts first before you jump into a race environment, but they do make a difference. It's a totally different feel. The shoe is actually doing some of the work for you in a way that no training shoes have done before. All right. And I know we're going to have several guests here on the Peachtree podcast. We're going to talk about some of the merchandise that will be available at the expo when that rolls around. But uh, you've got a lot already online, too, for our Peachtree participants that you can kind of go ahead and preview. Yeah, the commemorative shirt is there. The commemorative shirt is one of my favorite designs that we've done since I've been here. The metal is there. We're doing a Peachtree colorway Adidas SL. I've been running in the SLs lately. It's their really basic trainer at a solid price point for a training shoe, $120. We've got it in a red with Peachtree laces. It's an awesome shoe. I ran in it just this morning and it's got, you know, it's just really smooth ride, very uh, cushioned shoe. Uh, so that's available. And then we're going to roll out all of the special Peachtree merchandise and Atlanta Track Club patriotic merchandise around the expo. We're doing a photo shoot here in a couple of days. So you'll have some images to see, see some previews soon. Keep an eye, too, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow along, Atlanta Track Club. PNC Bank is committed to making a difference in the lives of the customers and communities they serve by helping them move forward financially. As a national mainstream bank, PNC is always working to make it easier for their customers to achieve their goals and plan for the future. See how at PNC.com. PNC Bank. National Association member, FDIC. A familiar voice on the Peachtree Podcast is with us this week to help kick off this season, Jay. He's actually a repeat guest. I believe you've promised him a jacket if he shows up for another couple of seasons of the podcast, too. Yeah, I think that's our policy here on the Peachtree Podcast. I didn't know we had merch. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, it's a, it's like a members-only jacket. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like a, you know, it's it's special. It's got a, it's got a crest on it. Yeah. Bob Wells is here. No jacket yet. But working toward it, I hear three more. So uh, two more. Uh, uh, well, two if more. you count, if you count today's, it's the number three. Okay, two I'm more. excited. I'm excited. Members only. I used to have one as a kid. Were you a member? Uh, I guess I was. <laughs> I had the jacket. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of members, members of Atlanta Track Club 
probably know your name, Coach Bob, because uh, you're involved with in training for Peachtree. This is actually year number two of heading up this program. How did year number one turn out for you? Well, number one turned out amazing, and I would say number two is turning out equally amazing. So uh, we have 497 athletes wow. in our in-training program, ranging in ages from 18 to 98. Wow. Uh, so uh, an age span of 80 with that 98-year-old being someone we all know and love, and that is the infamous Betty Lindbergh. She does in-training too? She indeed does oh this year. Goodness. Wow. She had a mildly disappointing peach tree last year. Okay. In fact, so much so, she had indicated, although I hear that this is kind of a recurring theme with Betty, that it was her last. And of course, as it draws near, and I, this, you know, this is a story we actually hear on repeat from many athletes, you know, the lure of America's greatest 10K bit her again. And this time, though, she decided to train. She didn't train last year was one of the challenges. So uh, she's well on her way, and we are super excited. Okay, so how do you tailor training programs, though, for athletes with such a wide range of abilities, a wide range of ages like that? Well, that is a great question, and we're fortunate to have a fantastic coaching staff here. And so we start with kind of a base set of plans that we build off of that we've wrapped some guidelines around in terms of you know, an athlete's current fitness level, where they're at, the number of miles they're running, that sort of thing. And we assign training plans based on where athletes are currently at. All right, so six weeks out, uh, where are your participants in that training program? What are you working on specifically with them right now? Oh, goodness. Well, uh, we started this morning with hill repeats. So, oh, the uh, hills. Indeed, indeed. So this race we all know and love certainly has a couple that we know well. So um, we, this is actually hump week for us, as you point out, Jennifer. Uh, week six, we're literally midway through the training program at this point. Um, and Wednesdays happen to be a very special day each week in the training program in that it is our speed week. Uh, it's a harder workout. And so we had hill repeats this morning. They won't be the last hill repeats. Um, and we'll also have some workouts where we get out on the course in the coming weeks. So as we progress through the program, the mileage builds and we'll eventually get out on Peachtree so that our athletes are prepared to, uh, to conquer those hills on July 4. And we mentioned, you know, members are notified well in advance of these in-training programs that come around, not just for Peachtree, but for other races now throughout the year too. But for those who missed out on it and they're thinking, wow, I wish I had started this, uh, what can you tell them about, you know, signing up for next year and what this program does for you that maybe you can't do on your own in terms of training for this race? Sure. Uh, another great question. So we open up Peachtree at the same time Peachtree registration opens. So the first thing I would say is, just pay attention to registration, right? Uh, and we actually do try to be helpful in so much that we include a registration link for our in-training program as part of the Peachtree registration. It's an add-on to the program, much like our members would see add-on merch, uh, merchandise, a thing, things of that nature. The in-training for Peachtree program is an add-on. In terms of why would one want to consider in training for Peachtree. You know, I, I would say certainly people come to us 
with a variety of reasons. One, first-time uh, Peachtree athletes, for example, just want the confidence knowing going into a 6.2-mile race that they're going to be prepared for it, right? It's pretty warm uh, on July 4 here in Atlanta, so um, you know it just helps them prepare from that point of view. You know, we have others that maybe didn't have their best peach tree or they're looking to have their best peach tree. And so they're willing to invest a little bit more by going through a more structured training program. By far and away, one of the big benefits of in-training is the group component of it. You know, we talk about 497 athletes. We literally have hundreds of athletes that show up at Armour every Saturday morning and they run together. And you know, there's actual science behind the fact that when you run uh, with a group, your rate of perceived exertion is much lower than it would be when you're out running solo. Another huge benefit is that we actually have a number of satellite locations. This year, we actually have three additional locations on Saturdays. Uh, we worked with REI up in Alpharetta and Kennesaw, so we have a location at REI Alpharetta. REI Kennesaw, and then for the first time, and we're very excited to bring a Southside location on board. So this year, um, again, for the first time, we have a Saturday location at Lee and White that has been very popular and well-received. So those coming in from Riverdale and Clayton County and south of the city don't have to traverse Atlanta traffic to get to Atlanta Track Club headquarters and then through the traffic again as they leave to go back home. If, if I'm a Peachtree registrant and I say live not outside the Atlanta area, but I want to take advantage of this offering that the club has, is there an option for those who, who aren't near one of those locations that you just listed? Well, absolutely. We accommodate virtual athletes as well. So virtual athletes or remote athletes that perhaps they're located in a different state or farther away, as Jay mentioned. Uh, and in fact, we have... 95, I think so, of, of those 497, 95 are in fact virtual slash remote athletes, and we have athletes as far away as Australia. So pretty amazing. And you're training all these athletes all by yourself, right? No help. <laughs> Good heavens, no. Uh, we are super fortunate to have a group of volunteers that we call run leads. And this group of runners, of athletes, are just absolutely amazing. So I wanna say for in training for Peachtree, we have somewhere between 70 to 80 run leads. These athletes really just want to share running with others. And so they volunteer their time to come on Saturday or Wednesday and do the workouts with our athletes. Um, I'll brag on our runleys just a little bit here in so much that for the first time ever, Atlanta Track Club has invested in our runleys by providing a certified coaching course. And we just had our first class finish up. Uh, we have 15 of our runleys that have now gone through a science-based course so that they can even provide better guidance to our participant athletes. You've grown into this role too. Can you tell us about how your own love of running started and how you made that progression? Oh goodness. My love of running. I, 
How much time do we have? <laughs> no, you know, I'm not a lifelong runner, which I think is a great story to have in so much because it really highlights that, you know, you don't have to be this high school or college phenom to, you know, to start later in life. I happened to go through a life event back in 2004 and for some crazy reason, I was on a business trip and I walked out of my hotel and went for a run. And I think the, the really crazy thing is that I did it the next day and the next day and the next. And, and with each of those outings, if you will, you know, I would tack on just a little bit of distance. And folks, we're not talking long. We're talking a city block and then two city blocks and three city blocks. And, you know, it wound up helping me as much mentally as much as it did physically and it's you know it's just been such a tremendous gift to my well-being that you know I love to share it with others and that ultimately led to where I'm at now which is pretty darn amazing yeah it is it's an amazing story and you light up the room every time and and it gets me excited about running again I mean I think we all kind of go through some of those lulls too with running don't we if you go through injuries or again running in the heat this time of year it can kind of zap your energy a little bit. I think that group accountability with your program within training is probably one of the key differences too. You mentioned, you know, if you're meeting up with people and you're around people, even if you prefer running solo, this time of year, it might help you get through some of those rough patches too. Oh, you're exactly right, Jennifer. And and in fact, you know, a, a perfect example is we take Memorial Day weekend off because it's kind of the unofficial start of summer. Mm -hmm. And we do have many of our athletes that travel, they're going to the lake or what have you. But then those that stay in time, they actually, because there is no official practice, they schedule a group get together just so that they can get their miles in, you know, as a group, right? For those that stay back and aren't traveling the weekend of of Memorial Day. Nice. Uh, any stories that stick out to you from, from last year and having some of your runners and participants come across the finish line? You know, I, I've used this example several times, both in presentations and just in discussions that I've had with athletes. Unfortunately, it's a visual, but I'll try to describe it. And it's easy to find because it's the landing page of our website at atlantatrackclub.org. And there's this beautiful image of goodness, I want to say a couple of dozen athletes. They've just finished Peachtree. They're in their Peachtree shirt and they're at Park Tavern, our member celebration. And everyone in that picture is an in-training participant athlete or run lead. And you can just see the joy on their face. It is just a beautiful picture, which is why it is on the landing page of our website. (laughs) We're six weeks out now, Bob. Uh, where are your athletes right now, and where should we be on that road to the 6.2 miles on July 4th? Right. So before I say this, I mean, keep in mind, we're in the middle of an 11-week program, right? So we've been building toward the point where we're at now, right? So we had, you know, even our beginner athletes are approaching the five, five and a half mile mark in their build, right? And so in the weeks ahead, they'll continue that progression, right? uh, By adding a little bit of mileage each week. So we're at about the six mile mark, right? As we continue to build, we actually train our athletes to go a longer distance than 6.2 miles. We target around eight miles. And the reason for that is that uh, when you add up 
all the mileage of walking and getting yourself to Lenox Square on the morning of July 4th, then doing your warm-up, then running the race, and then getting yourself back to Marta, you've put in about 10 miles you know, by you know, the, the time the afternoon rolls around. So we actually take people beyond that six-mile mark to prepare them. So we're right now at that six-mile mark. You know, I would say it's not too late to start preparing yourself, my recommendation would be to go easy, you know, and listen to your body and, you know, just slowly build in these six weeks remaining. Let's say you are starting very close to zero, right? You could consider running a mile this weekend and then two miles the following weekend, ultimately getting to that six mile mark on July 4th. You still do it, absolutely. And I always say the crowd, the momentum, the atmosphere during Peachtree, that'll carry you pretty far too, right? You're exactly right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Bob, you're coaching athletes year round for various distances to reach various goals. Can you talk about some of the other in-training offerings that we have here? Absolutely. Thank you for asking, Jay. And in fact, we just opened up registration for our 2023 fall marathon program, right? And so these are athletes that are targeting a variety of fall marathons, ranging from Berlin, which is in late September, to the New York City Marathon, right? A race that's very near and dear to us because we get a number of Kilometer Kids charity entries for that race. And so we have a team of five athletes uh, that are in, in training that will be preparing for the New York City uh, Marathon in early November. Beyond that, uh, we have in training for our Invesco QQQ Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon on Thanksgiving Day. And then we roll right into Publix Atlanta Marathon Weekend when we provide training for the Half Marathon, the Marathon, as well as the 5K. And then we do it all over again with Peachtree. No rest, rest for the in-training, no, folks. That's this right. This is true. Yes. <laughs> but Coach Bob, thanks so much for joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast. And, of course, uh, for our racers out there who wanted to learn more about those year-round programs or in-training for Peachtree, Jay, it's all right there on the website, right? Sure is. Just click on the training button at the top of the page. Always fun to have Coach Bob with us here on the Peach Tree Podcast. He truly does light up a room when he comes in. Can't help but feel motivated. And, you know, several great points he made there in his own love of running and how that started, Jay. I mean, you get to see and experience these stories each and every year with the Peach Tree participants. And just for me, in the years that I've been doing this race, it's fun to look out over the crowd on race day and see just the diversity of the runners out there. I mean, you have people who are clearly running their very first peach tree. You have the people who are doing laps even before the race begins and they're super serious. I mean, it's, it's just brings everyone and all types of runners together. It doesn't have to be a specific type. If you see the posters or the ads or the emails that we're sending out for Peachtree this year, our slogan is that Peachtree is for everyone. And that's because Peachtree is for everyone. It's not just a tradition. It is a tradition, but it's also a gateway into this great thing that we call running and walking. So many people start their journeys at Lenox Square and years later, they're still out there running either Peachtree every year or a 5K every weekend. It is just this great event that captures the energy of the sport from all sides, whether you're coming at it as a first time walker or a 34 minute 10K runner. And 
displays how powerful it can be. So the peach tree, as you said, it's for everyone. And if it's the only race you do ever in your entire life, I'm glad that's the one. And if it's the race that gets you to sign up for 10 more races down the road, we're happy to have you at every single one of them. So yeah, it is just this great day where people can come together from all different backgrounds and, and celebrate movement. Getting ready for this season of the Peachtree Podcast myself as I was driving over here today, Jay, I was thinking, how many peach trees have I done now? I mean, I think it's something like 15. And this was the start for me in terms of growing to love a sport that I, I was never involved in either. And yet it's now carved out on my calendar every July 4th. I know exactly what I'm doing on Independence Day. So uh, next week, we're going to talk to a guy. This has become his annual tradition too, joining us here on the podcast. And he actually heads up this race. He's so busy right now. He's been fluttering around the office, I know, all week. And uh, we're going to nab him though in between all of his duties next week here on the Peachtree Podcast it's uh, Rich Kana and I mean he's not just your boss he uh, really is a leader though and has really helped establish Atlanta as running city USA. Yeah Rich came here in 2014 with the vision that Atlanta was as good of a running city as any place on the planet um, and then made us live that vision and you know I'm, I, that's one of the reasons I'm proud to work here is because Atlanta Track Club has really established Atlanta as a great running community and a great and inclusive and welcoming running community. And I, uh, I handle all of Rich's PR. So uh, I have booked him for next week um, and he will be here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to track him down. We're going to have to run after him. That's, I think. We might but, have you know, to. He, is, he does have some speed. So <laughs> We'll catch up with him mm-hmm. next week. And as always, Jay, I know we're going to have various guests here on the Peachtree Podcast over the next several weeks. We'll talk about the t-shirt, of course. We'll talk about the expo. We'll talk more about this elite field and have some of those on uh, the Peachtree Podcast with us but we always like to to open it up to questions from our listeners here because uh, after all a lot of people they either are doing it for the first time maybe they're coming back after a few years off that kind of thing there's always questions right yeah there's always questions email us at stories at atlantatrackclub.org we'd love to answer your question if we don't have an answer we'll find somebody who does but yeah shoot us an email let us know what's on your mind You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.